This feels so real. real. <laughs> I wish our parents were here, but like. <laughs> I'm looking at the love of my life and it is an insane feeling to think. I know it's insane to us too, Kyle, that we're here and you're here and we are covering the Summer House reunion. This is a very special episode. Enjoy. Hi everybody and welcome to this week's special bonus episode, our Summer House Reunion Part 1 Special. Let's get straight into it, Donna. The drama was all happening this week on the couches. Absolutely. From the minute the episode started until the minute it ended. And we found out some shit that, like, we didn't know about the others as well, you know, and then little snippet for next week as well. So let's get stuck in. Let's get so where do we start? Where will we start? Let's start where you started. Let's start where you started because I think that's that's a good starting point. Look, let's face it, Lindsay's going to be involved in 90% of these conversations. So we might as well go through individually everybody she had a fucking railway. Um so let's start with Paige. This one did kind of take me a little bit aback. Now I know Paige is no fucking cheerleader for Lindsay. They've never got on. They've kind of coexisted to an extent this year, it would have seemed. Paige seemed to take a step back from actually having beef with her. We all know there's like, look, reunions past, they've had major shit. This goes back to when Paige first came into the house. I didn't expect her to get stuck into Lindsay this year the way she did. Me neither. It was like, as you said, she went into the summer. She said that she didn't have any beef or it was kind of squashed. But you knew watching the season, she very much was keeping her arms linked. She doesn't like her. She doesn't want to be no, our friend. They're never going to be friends. Yeah, she's coexisting. And I agree with what Paige said when she said that. Does she sit in the bed and gossip about her? So fucking lootly. Because when people come to her, she's like, I get it. I've been there. Which she has. You know, and she's right in what she said about Gabby and Sam. They got a different Lindsay to what Paige got, to what Hannah got. You know, they got a different Lindsay. So I do agree with her. And I, look, I'd be the same. If I meet someone and they're nasty to me or they're mean to me, I don't like them. And I don't want anything to do with them. Paige can't do that. She has to put up with her for a few weeks every year. But I was a little bit surprised at how much she went in on her at the reunion when she just didn't want to have any arguments or pull her up on Atten during the season. I wonder, because like, look, obviously Paige said a lot about Lindsay going on press tours and obviously Lindsay likes to talk to magazines and keep herself in the, keep herself in the limelight and keep the PR machine running, which, you know, it's the only thing she's fucking running because her company's... Do you believe about the People magazine? I mean, People magazine came out and said, no, that's not true. But do you believe, I 110% believe that Lindsay is the type now that would be tipping people off and sending in blind items. 110% believe. Listen, number one rule of journalism, protect your sources. There is no blogger, no magazine is going to turn around and say, Lindsay came out and fucking told us this because Lindsay had never fucking tell them anything again. They're covering their sources' arse. Anybody that believes that fucking bullshit, that fucking bullshit that came out from People Magazine, when the fuck have you ever seen People Magazine come out and comment like that? That doesn't happen. It just yeah. never fucking happen. No, it's horseshit. 
It's absolute horseshit to cover Lindsay's arse because she feeds them. She feeds them all year. Everything that goes on because she's in the middle of everyone's shit. She hears it all. Even if even if people don't like her, she hears it and she feeds it out. Yeah, look, I well believe it. I well believe it. And then when she started screaming about her being rude and even Andy knows you're rude and he had to call you out on, you know, how you spoke to his employees. And then you threw a shoe at a producer. I mean, come on. Lindsay denied throwing the shoe, but I'm sorry. The fact that Andy Cohen sat there and said nothing and put the two hands up, you know for sure that that's true. I have been watching my TV. I've been watching reunions long enough to know that if that was not true, Andy Cohen would have said no, that never happened. He would have no problem. But the fact that he just became mute, put the two hands up, you know for sure she got called out and how she spoke to his staff members. I mean, we need it's, cameras at we need cameras at BravoCon. They could make a whole fucking season of BravoCon. You should be you should always be judged by how you treat the lowest amongst us. Yeah. Now, let's just sort of bring that back a little bit towards modern times and celebrities will always be judged by how they treat their fans and if you're going around being rude to your fans and treating them like shit well i'm sorry but no you are not a fucking good person you're a fucking diva who's totally up her own arse and let's face it you're not even that fucking big. You're big to us because we watch fucking Bravo. That's one TV channel. The majority of people in the world haven't a clue who you are. They couldn't pick you out of a lineup. Exactly. I think we're the first Irish podcast that's dedicated to Bravo. There is nobody else. <laughs> like we've had mess- No, we've had messages from people in Ireland who say, oh my God, it's great that you guys are doing this. It's nice to know that there's there's a fan base over this side and we're not often connected and that there's, that there's a slightly different viewpoint on things. There is a list, the length of my arm, when it comes to Bravo celebrities who think they are bigger than Bravo and they think they are bigger than the TV show they're on. You know, Reality TV comes and goes. Social media comes and goes. You know that kind of way. And if you go around burning bridges with everyone, the only way for you is down. I mean, 10 years from now, Lindsay won't be on TV. She won't have a brand. Not that she has one now. She won't have social media. She won't have any of it. None of them will. We'll have moved on to a whole new generation. A reality TV, like yeah, they let the, she's like. I mean, she especially has let the fame go to her head. She had a PR firm, so that's her. That was her role. So now she is invested in building the brand of Lindsay and Carl, and but that's there what all, there is no brand of Lindsay and Carl. Like, come on, there is no fucking brand. All anyone sees is Lindsay dragging Carl down with her. I'm sorry. But if she doesn't come back next year, Carl's gone as well. Do you know that kind of way? Whereas Carl always had a storyline because he was always had Kyle and he had lover boy. And even if he stepped away from that, everybody would have got behind him and rooted for him. He'd come true sobriety. People wanted, were, would be rooting for him to find love, settle down, have children. He could have carried this on 
and had us lifting him up for years to come. But he has now allowed Lindsay make decisions for him, make bad fucking decisions for him. And she is going to drag him down with her. He went down the Darth Vader route. He was on drugs. He was fucking Anakin Skywalker. He got put back together. Lindsay was lifting him up. Now he's fucking Darth Vader. She's the Emperor. He's the dark side of the fucking force now. And that's it. He is on the fucking dark side. And he is fucking spinning that yarn from that side. Like everybody fucking hating on, hating on the girls. Oh, they're mean girls. They're this, they're that. No, they're just fucking honest. They're calling this cunt out on our shit. And you can see how uncomfortable Carl is by being on the dark side. Like, he's not argumentative. He's not, you know, one to throw shit. Like, when he said it about uh, Kyle, but you did cheat on her and all that, you know, he's very much coached to say that shit. But he didn't enjoy saying it. You could see it. He did not enjoy saying such a shitty thing to his friend. He just, he can't see it. He's blinded. He was told when he went in there, you make sure you stick up for me. You know, I don't care if he's your best friend. I'm your fiance. You know, we all fucking do it. Ken went into a room, I'd be like, you have my back or you're dead. <laughs> well, look, I know he's just, he's boring bridges that I never wanted to see him born. And he like, didn't have to. He didn't, didn't have, have to, to because nobody had a problem with him at all. Even when he was with her and they had a problem with him and they had a problem with her. Nobody had a problem with him at any stage and nobody hated on him. If you look through social, you look on Twitter, you look everywhere, people commenting on Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay. It's all Lindsay. Nobody is saying, well, Carl, even the people who don't like Lindsay, there's nobody saying that bad about Carl. Well, now when you go on social media or Every single poll is, should Carl and Lindsay be back next year? He has been dragged into her now. You know that kind of way. And if she goes, he has to go with her. He's on the good ship fucking uh, Lindsay at this stage. Well, it's hardly a good ship. It's more like a fucking pirate ship. My gut feeling is that they have, they're not too big for the show, but they're just, they're done in that show. They're just yeah, done. I agree. I agree. Unless like that, we get a new version of Summer House where it's following them and their lives in New York. Then they they can stay. But they, because you can separate them out. Yeah. But they just go back to these old in the Hamptons every weekend for the summer. No, you know, bring them to New York. Let's do New York. And we're sitting here as two people in their 40s and we like watching Summer House. We like watching young people going out, having a good time, because it reminds us of the times that we used to do shit like that. And we can look and say, man, wouldn't it have been great if we could have done that shit when we were that age? Do I want to be looking at people the same fucking age as me, running around making gobshites out of themselves, fucking getting drunk and dancing up on fucking tables? No, if no. I wanted to see that, I'd just go over to Donna's house on a Saturday night with a bottle of vodka. I could see it live <laughs> and with people I actually fucking like. <laughs> Stop. The future of Summer House is, and I don't know what the future Carolyn Lindy is, but my God, this reunion went off with a bang. Let's get to the Lindsay Danielle fucking drama that's been just unfolding and unfolding all season. We saw it last week. The big showdown in the kitchen. Lindsay 
standing there like she had 20 Botox injections and her face just couldn't fucking move because she was absolutely soulless in that moment and pure fucking evil. Like she really was. I think Danielle has this nailed that Lindsay is just a monster. Yeah, she is. 100%. I mean, when we're putting this episode out on social media, you need to just tell people that if you like Lindsay, don't bother listening because we don't like Lindsay. Oh, we no. Like, I mean, yeah, if you're looking for people to blow smoke up Lindsay's arse, you ain't yeah. going to fucking hear it here. They're only going to get abuse for that cunt. Even people that, you know, it, it's not just this season. It's not just because of what she's done to Danielle. She has always been this hard-faced ice queen and it's just getting a bit old even when 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 amanda and kyle said about our like tipping off production about him cheating and bringing it up on camera and all i fucking hated that because yes kyle's been a knob we all know that but amanda has been nothing but lovely from day one and she didn't need that kind of heart on camera she has, Amanda has absolutely been the most genuine person uh, yeah. in the fucking house yeah. since day one. Day since one. day and one, she's been herself. Amazing. She's stunning, like, you know, that kind of way. And I, I really like Amanda. And listen, I love Kyle. You know I love Kyle. But he's made mistakes. And I just don't think it was fair. She didn't want to just hurt Kyle. She wanted to hurt Amanda and Amanda didn't deserve it. She didn't deserve to be hurt. No, she doesn't like Amanda because Amanda represents everything that Lindsay is not. She's young. She's popular. She's good looking. She has a nice personality. She has a she has a fella that she loves. They have a business. They have a world outside of Bravo if they want it. She, they're throwing it up in Kyle's face about, you know, he uses production to advertise Loverboy. Uh, we're aware of that. That's yeah. not a secret. Everyone's fucking aware of that. And guess what? Nobody gives a bollocks because it's alcohol being advertised on a show based around fucking alcohol. Nobody cares. It's just tip or tap. And at the end of the day, the real question coming out of this is, will Lindsay and Carl survive? Will they be back next season? And who's the biggest cunt? That's it. Now, here's something that came up and I broached this subject on Twitter and I got a little bit of shit over it. I don't know. I'm I'm still on the fence. I, I'm still taking my line on it. Well, let's see what you think. That they're in couples therapy before they get married. That's fucking. But that's Americans for you, like. There you go. Well, thankfully, thankfully, somebody has the same answer as I do. Couples can do pre-marriage counselling, and they can, you know, do the whole learning to communicate, and that is fine. However, this couple, we've got Lindsay who is, up until the reunion, said, if I have a drink, I can get triggered. Now, this is a woman who has openly admitted that she has gone to therapy, which we don't have an issue with that. I've done therapy. It's, you know, that's fine. But how, if you're going to fucking therapy, are you still getting triggered when you have a drink? Because that's a a signal of something that's more deep-rooted, and it's still fucking it's still happening. You're not doing the work. You have serious personal issues and no amount of couples therapy is going to solve her fucking problems. End of the day, if you, if alcohol changes you, 
if it makes you become a different person, nasty, controlling, triggers, whatever, she's old enough to know that the answer to that problem is to stop, stop drinking. drinking. I mean, I don't drink whiskey and I will never drink whiskey again. And the reason I don't is because I don't like who I am when I drink whiskey. Therefore, I don't drink it. You know, that kind of way. If alcohol is changing you or if it's turning you into a person that you don't like, you don't like yourself when you're drinking alcohol, when you wake up the next day and you realize what you said, what you did, what the fuck happened, then you're old enough and she is old enough to say, okay, maybe I shouldn't drink that much. Maybe I shouldn't drink that type of drink. Maybe I shouldn't drink at all. So I have no sympathy for that. I don't. I think once you hit a certain age, you are old enough to know and you are old enough to act. In terms of the couple therapy, look, I'm with my husband 16 years. Is it hard maintaining a marriage? And all? yes, of course it is. The fucking hardest thing you'll ever do. But not in the first few years. No. And not, you know, until the dynamic has changed, whether it's children that come into it or a house, uh, you know, finances and things, that when it starts to change like that, you find yourself sometimes being on different pages and you have to work hard to bring yourself back onto the same page. And some people work hard in the privacy of their own home and some people do a true couple therapy and each to their own. That's their own business. But at this stage, when you're not together that long, I don't care if they've known each other for seven years. They're not a couple that long. They're engaged and they're about to get married. This should be the happiest time. This should be a time when they are both in sync more than any other time. Yes, it's stressful fucking organizing a wedding. You know, as we've seen with Amanda and Kyle. <laughs> Yeah. But no, it. I just look. Maybe it's just an American thing, and we're Irish. We don't understand it because we don't do that. We don't rely on couples therapy that soon in our relationship. No, like I mean, we look. Yeah, we we do do things differently, and I think I think we have changed over this side. Like I mean, there was a time we used to look at American shows and see all Americans going to therapy and think they were all fucking head cases. Like these, everybody and their aunt, and their aunt was in therapy, and we used to think this was crazy. And then we grew up a bit and we learned more about mental health. And now you won't find two bigger advocates for mental health and therapy than myself and Donna we really are and we're very much in favour of it and because our generation wasn't taught about it you have to work through shit yourselves if you're being coached how to communicate with each other then every time you have a problem you're going to need to be coached on it you need to find a way together to work through it and I sincerely believe that if you can't find a way at the start when things are supposed to be at their best at when it's shiny and new then you're always gonna have these problems and you're probably gonna spend the rest of your fucking life in couples therapy and that is not the way to have a relationship i'm sorry no yeah. it's wrong i think at the first few years of a relationship you know if it's if it's love and it's made to last the first few years it just fits like a glove yeah it matches together perfectly and if it doesn't 
then that's usually why people break up after a couple of years. But to be at that stage where they're not meshing together well, but they're still plunging ahead with planning a wedding. That, to me, I don't understand because I, that wouldn't be me. Like, I was with Ken for 10 years before I got married to him. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah, like, like, you're supposed to just be glued together perfectly. There is a massive ele- element in the elephant in the room with those two. And it lies within the fact Lindsay's drinking because they haven't figured a way to deal with it. They haven't figured out a way that she can have a drink and they can have a happy relationship. That hasn't been sorted. And yes. how can you go how ahead and plan a wedding like that? Fact, how much of that is down to the fact that he hasn't told her how much it affects him? Because at the end of the day, he is an addict. He says he's an addict. He's lifelong now for, in, in the addiction world. But is he holding back on letting her know how hard it is for him to lie down and sleep beside someone who stinks of alcohol? How hard, how much, like everyone talks about how Lindsay Lindsay gets triggered when she's drinking. How much does Carl get triggered when Lindsay Lindsay drinking? Yeah. Absolutely, and having to deal well like i mean look we all know even when we do drink we all know what it's like to deal with a drunk person it's mm. so annoying it's double for him because he's actually a recovering alcoholic so yeah. how do you mesh those two worlds unfortunately he is the alcoholic he is the one with the problem and it's up to Lindsay to change that about her in order to be with him if that's what she wants, that's what she has to do. Yes, she has he to can. Yes, listen. You knew what you were getting into. There is no question in the world. Carl does not have to do anything in this situation. He yeah. is a recovering alcoholic, and that is him. That's that's him, and he accepts yeah. that. And you're with him, so you have to accept that. And either you change or you get out, because there's not going to be a situation where he's just going to have to accept that you do this or you do that. Yeah. No, he doesn't. There's no world where will go out and have a couple of drinks with you in the future. That doesn't exist. And there's no world where it's going to get easier for him as the years go on. It's not. Any any addict will tell you that. It doesn't get easier. If anything, it it gets harder at times. A day goes by that they don't wish they could have a drink or have a drug. Do you know that kind of way? So I think the majority of Bravo fans I just sitting there saying, this is not going to last. This is a tragedy waiting to happen with them too. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, moving on to others. I mean, what did you think of Sierra at the reunion? I have to say, and I've said this for most of the season, there a few situations. Now, look, hats off. We said this to her. We said this, I think we talked about this last week or the week before. Sierra goes all in for the parties. Like, I mean, she did the whole camera brown thing. She dressed up with the avatar. Like, I mean, she goes full on in. But I really do believe she has completely checked out. Yes. She has checked out. I agree with you. You've said it before about the whole, you know, she's doing bigger things outside of Summer House now. And it's not that I disagreed with you, but I was kind of, okay, okay, I don't see that. But maybe I will. I saw it the other day at the reunion. She was very much on her best behavior. She did not want to fuck up anything 
outside of summer house. So she was on her best behavior. And if that's the case, which I now believe is, then fuck off. You need to go. We don't want you anymore. You're done. Go. Well, I, I think, to be honest, I think she is. I think she was just seeing out the contract. Like, I mean, she had to be there because she was contractually obliged to be there. And she finished out the season. She's doing the reunion. And personally, I don't think we're ever going to see Sierra again unless it's in our brand knickers. And that's yeah. it. Like, I mean, that's... Yeah. So we're doing with her. That's kind of all I had, really had to say about her. Um, then, obviously, I was glad Andy called Maya out on what she said to Sam. I mean, do I believe she was coming from a bad place? No. But she did need to be called out and told, well, you went about it the wrong way. You did it in the wrong way. Yeah, I, like, there's two sides to this. On one hand, I applaud her for saying it in the first place to Sam and not just talking about her behind her back. And I think people are missing that. The fact that she actually had the balls to pull the girl to one side and say, look, you know, there's a bit of talk. You know, she did it yeah. a bit too bluntly. Yes, but, it's just very blunt. Yeah, it was the approach rather than the fact that she did it at all. Because I think yeah. if you're going to talk about somebody behind her back, be prepared to say it to their face. And she was, she was pretty genuine. She said, look, you know, you're yeah. talking too fucking much. It was just the, the delivery of it was just a little bit harsh. But she got called out and she apologized. And I've no problem after that. Um. And I think Sam's reaction was very genuine. I think Sam's reaction that she was crying then and she's crying now was because this is what she's heard her whole life. I think that was so genuine that that's yeah. actually just what it was. That it, yeah. she really was hurt by the fact that this is just something that she has dealt with all her life. And it's quite obviously a nervous, anxious thing. Yeah. It's so and I obvious. Guess I think that the Bravo world is very much rooting for Sam everybody likes her she is a good cast member I think she's really nice I do, I wasn't sure of her at the start but yeah I think she fits in really well and there's just a small part of me it was like stop being so team Lindsay you know but I think she's yeah she's she's half on that ship and I think she needs to you know sort of walk back down the plank a little bit and say yeah, look as Paige said she got a very different Lindsay in her first show to what other got and she did you know Lindsay was not talking to Danielle and she needed girlfriends if Lindsay and Danielle were fine this season would Sam and Gabby have gotten a different reception. I, I think. think very much so. Very much so. I think Gabby would have annoyed or um, Sam would have annoyed Lindsay. I think yeah. Lindsay would have been the one doing all the talking about her doing all the talking because Lindsay's the one that likes to do all the talking. She loves to be heard. She loves the sound of her own voice, no matter what she's saying. I don't really think there was much more. I think we pretty much touched on everything. I don't think the Danielle thing was delved into very much at all. Like the big reveal was that Carla and Lindsay had an argument when Lindsay was drunk. We've kind of covered that. Didn't really fucking surprise anyone at all. Um, who has that money to be getting an Uber from fucking the Hamptons to the city? Like? And hello, how fucking tone deaf are they that they play it off when Andy's making out that it's like expensive, it's $400 and everybody's there. We're like, oh, we've all done that. We've all done it. Here, listen, you know, we're de- <laughs> look at the world around you. Look at your fucking yeah. fan base. That's completely 
tone deaf. Yeah, I would have been like, it's cheaper to stay in a hotel. You should just stay in a hotel. I'm sure you've got other friends in the fucking Hamptons, like. Yeah, well, they always seem to go, be going to all these fucking parties and they oh. get all these people to show up to the house, unless it's just fucking rent a crowd. But, yeah. uh, although I have to say, I will say, I think it's hilariously funny that uh, poor old Matt didn't last past the party. He came in living his best life. Gabby's day, got Gabby. drunk, fucking made a show of himself. And that was that was him in the bin. Yeah, I kind of agreed with that. Hopping his head off the bleeding lounger. He wasn't exactly on his best behavior for what was no. technically a second day. Like, he should have had a couple of drinks, three and clear the shots. Don't go near Chris. Chris is a party, but don't be with Chris. Don't be with any of these, the lads, you know, just sort of be on Gabby's periphery whenever she needs you. He was just off doing his own thing, living his best life. Yeah. Making a holy show of her. Yeah. But yeah, but so yeah. I for our bonus episode. Yeah. Of the and tune in next week because we will be doing the same again next week for uh, the second part. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned next week for part two of the Summer House reunion. And we will see you all then. Take care. Bye, folks.